Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today I have a beautiful conversation that I had with the founder of The Well-Read Mom, Marcy Stokeman. And it was wonderful to speak with her. She also also is the author of the book of the same name, The Well-Read Mom. And the theme, very simply, is read more and read well. But Marcy um, has been a homeschool mom for 25 years. She was instrumental in founding a co-op for her high school students and bringing families together to support one another so that they can truly be able to experience and seek truth and beauty and goodness through the Western classical tradition. And what happened was, is that in the midst of all of that, the well-read mom came together because one of her daughters came and said, mom, is there a place where we, I can have a book club and can actually be Uh, learning and being fulfilled and uplifted and struggling with the great themes of goodness and truth and beauty, rather than reading things that aren't edifying. And so that's kind of where The Well-Read Mom began. It was actually founded 10 years ago in 2012, and it's focused upon accompanying women to read great books and spiritual classics so that we can personally grow but especially grow in friendship and have meaningful conversations so that we are focused on what's good and true and beautiful. So again, it was founded 10 years ago and it's now got groups in all 50 states as well as eight other countries. And we had a wonderful conversation about what it is that the Well-Read Mom does, but also about how we might go about on our personal journey to be able to continue to grow and especially to enter into leisure time well. So I know that this is a perfect kind of way to kick off the summer. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and I'll see you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I'm so very excited to have our guest today, Marcy Stockman, who she has been doing this particular apostolate now for more than 10 years, starting in 2012, and I'm so upset that I didn't know about it before now, so I'm excited to be able to bring you this information because she is the founder and I would say the driving force behind Well-Read Mom. And so Marcy, thank you so much for being here today and welcome to the show. Thank you, Christina. It's, it's an honor. Uh, oh, not at all. Um, as I said before, I was 
uh, really sad that I had not heard about this beforehand uh, because this is very much uh, right up my alley. Um, I absolutely love reading and I, uh, in my own uh, impostulate, you know, I speak about the importance of spiritual reading, but what I think is really great about what you do is that it really integrates not just spiritual reading, but it's also that reading for life, that reading to be able to enrich our lives and really open ourselves up to beauty, and uh, so I'm excited to talk more about it with, with you today. Um, but before we get going, uh, would you mind sharing with everybody kind of where you are and, um, and and what you're doing right now and kind of how you got to what you're doing today? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm a mother uh, married to, um, well, first I'm a wife. I'm married to Pete and we've been married uh, 37 years mm -hmm. and seven children and our we will, 15th grandchild, I guess, is on the way. Praise God. That's exciting. And I have always loved to read. Reading has been part of my life growing up. My mom would send, send us to the library when we were kids, and we would come home with a stack of books every other day. And I was the one that actually read them, I think, uh, my, of, of all my siblings. I was the reader. And so when I became a mom and had kids and it got busier and busier, reading sort of fell by the wayside. And I found that I wasn't reading the kind of books I was reading before when I was I had more accountability to read well, to read quality literature. And there was a point in my life, Christina, let's see, I was, it was 10 years ago and my, my daughter was a new mom. And she called me one day and she said, mom, I'm, I'm not going back to that mother's group. I've been there three times and all they're talking about is their kids, what kind of diaper to buy. Mm. She said, mom, isn't there a place after college where women get together and talk about the real questions of life? And I heard in Beth's voice, a loneliness. Mm. And I had experienced that same loneliness when I was a new mom you know, you're by yourself in the house with this little baby and you don't quite know what to do. Maybe with like, when I was a new mom, I didn't know one other woman with a baby. And, mm -hmm. and I had a colicky, Jim was colicky and my husband was gone all the time. And it was, it was really lonely. Mm -hmm. And I heard that loneliness in her voice. And at that time in my life, I was giving some talks to women where I live in Northern Minnesota, like mothers of preschoolers. And I'd spoken to them on children's literature. And they said, can you speak again and speak on whatever you want? And I thought, I'm just gonna call it Well-Read Mom. The, I, it just came to me. I wanna speak to women on the importance of reading. And I think I was doing that for myself actually, because like I said, it had kind of fallen out of my life, good reading. And so I gave a talk three different places uh, about the value of reading for women. And I, each time I gave that talk, I drove home sad because women weren't reading. Uh, maybe people would read a self-help book, but these women or a parenting book, but no, not one single woman was reading quality literature for its own sake. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I wasn't either. So, so I felt like a hypocrite because I'm talking about the value of reading which I do believe in, and yet I wasn't doing it. And I was sort of 
putting a burden on the women. Like, I mean, I'm here to tell you one more way you're failing, you know? <laughs> um, so I didn't feel good about it. And so when my daughter called me and said, isn't there a place? So I heard her loneliness. And at the same time, I understood my own longing just to get back into reading and be helped by good literature. Mm -hmm. Those two desires merged and Well-Read Mom was born. And we said, let's do this together. Let's read really good books together. Beth, you get together with your friends in St. Paul and I'll get together with my friends. And I said, I'll put together a five-year book list and let's really do this let's let's read and discuss great literature and um, you'll grow in friendships and yet it's something we can talk about as mother daughter and so that's that's how it started Christina mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean and talk about the Holy Spirit there because he was already nudging your heart in the sense of you know you're you're speaking to women and you're feeling that that hypocritical kind of you know i'm not living this and you know and i probably you know it, it's always in the back of our mind i should always do something about it but then what's the prompter the prompter is the need that's expressed particularly in this case by your daughter mm -hmm. um and it's just like okay i have to do something and that's absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad that you said yes, um, you know, to that, because so often we'll just put it off again. And, um, and what beautiful fruits that are coming um, in, you know, from what it is that you're doing. Um, in fact, in the introduction video I, I watched on, on uh, wellreadmom.com, there's actually uh, at the end, you say, Well Read Mom is a movement of women who are accompanying one another in reading the classics, great books, and timeless spiritual works from the Western and Catholic tradition in order to awaken the moral imagination to a greater truth of reality. So we were talking before we got on and there's tons to unpack here. I mean, you know, I, I could have all sorts of fun, but let me just start with the question why the classics and great books and those spiritual works from Western and Catholic tradition, why those? Well, for one thing, because they're books I, I really won't read on my own. Mm. You know, we, we read Les Miserables and it's, it's, a, it's a Victorian, it's about a thousand pages. There's no way I would have read that. I, I thought it was too much. I said, I talked to my daughter, Beth, and I said, honey, she said, mom, where's Les Miserables? I thought we were reading that you know, next year. And I said, well, I, I thought maybe it'd be too much because we already read. She goes, mom, you've got to put it back on the list because when will I ever read it if I don't read it with my friends? And because it, we have accountability to read great and worthy books together. And why this kind of quality literature? Because take, take John Valjean from Les Miserables. Many, many mm -hmm. of us have seen the, the movie or the play. And it's a story about Jean Valjean, this prisoner, 24601. And, and it's the story of his life's journey mm -hmm. of sanctification. He's being, you know, he has a conversion with this good and holy bishop who says, you know, when he's caught stealing the candlesticks, I bought your soul for God. And then he, we see the rest of his life where Jean Valjean learns to love. And it's not like, um, and when he, when he doesn't, when he holds on to anger or unforgiveness, it's like he's back in prison, you know, so you see the stages of, of a 
the, a person or you know a character's journey um, to grow like in holiness and I, that book helped me so much when I read Les Miserables Christina I found myself saying again and again my desire would just sort of open up well up and say and I'd say I want this I want to be like this I want to love like this Lord I want to forgive like this help me desire you know it just my desire was there mm-hmm. from reading. So we read great and worthy books, a spiritual classic during Advent and Lent. Uh, but really, I think every good work of literature helps us grow closer to the Lord because it's human. Mm-hmm. You know, a, tr- a truly human book is going to show the brokenness of uh, or the, the consequences of original sin and and our, our very real need for a savior. How, how absolutely true. Um, I had made mention um, before about, you know, uh, the book by Mortimer Adler and Charles Van Doren called How to Read a Good Book. And although it's a very practical how-to, they have this essay uh, in the back about talking about, you know, the value of reading. And they speak about exactly what you're talking about, which is the value of reading and the growth of our mind you know, and it's the growth of our soul. And that's actually, um, you know, my, my master's thesis was on uh, the power of a story for living a life of authentic discipleship. And what you talked about right there of how it uplifted you, how it inspired you, how it encouraged you. And you're like, I want that. That is the best of, of all worlds. And to be able to remind people that there is this goodness and beauty and truth out there. And, you know, um, I, I think it's just so great, but to have that accountability and to be accompanied by one another in friendship, mm-hmm. oh, it, it just brings all the best, uh, best pieces all together. And I, I just get super excited um, thinking about it. So a lot of people, because you, you called it the well-read mom, and a lot of people might be thinking that because of that, that you either got to be a mom or you have to have been well-read <laughs> or because you're using Catholic uh, literature, you know, uh, Western civilization, you know, uh, kind of focus that maybe that you have to be a particular faith or, you know, have a particular background. Um, but I see that you say all women, regardless of the faith background and stage in life are welcome. Why did you decide to pursue that practice in the midst of establishing Well-Read Mom? It's, it's for all women. It just, the origin came through my daughter and, you know, her, her cry when she was a new mom. So we went with that name just made sense. And that was the, the name of my talk I was giving. So it all, we kept the name, but it is for all women. And I think ontologically every woman is a mother even if she's not biologically a mother Mm -hmm. Um, so we have women who are single we have groups of young adult women my daughter leads a group that the group um they're not married they're all just single working women um we have widows we have empty nesters our oldest woman that i know of is 85 Mm -hmm. and she came up to me and she said, please don't forget the widows. She said, so many of my friends have died and I really look forward to, to my meeting. So yeah, we're all across the board, all, all ages from, I would say, you know, 19 to 85. So it is for, it really is a unit. It really is a, a woman's heart 
there's a the cry in my daughter's heart is a cry in a lot of women's hearts. So I definitely identify, um, even though I've been a book lover and I've read voraciously myself to have a place to be able to share, um, especially the great books, uh, to be able to share and to speak about it and how it is helping transform my life is very much transformative in itself. Um, and so, so very great. Now, I know that you know from, from your website, you founded uh, Well-Read Mom back in 2012 and you're celebrating 10 years you know, uh, right now, but you also wrote a book of the same name, The Well-Read Mom in 2019. And I wanted to just ask the question, so why and how did the book come about? Well, the, the book came about because uh, we, we wrote a few grants trying to, trying to find some funding and the one that the one that we received was for me to write a book. So that that's how it started. But I also think it was important to capture the essence of how this began, capture the story so that any woman who uh, can go and listen to that story, read that story and kind of understand um, the whole program or how, how it actually works, the need for it. And, and uh, yeah, the book is this, full of stories, parenting stories, um, tips on reading. And, and the center part is about why reading matters. Mm -hmm. And I feel so strongly about it. I keep understanding this more and more, the need to, the, the importance that we maintain and grow in our ability to read, especially from print, mm -hmm. because the way we read is changing. Right. In fact, in the last 10 years since Wild Mom started, I, I really believe we've moved through this transition from a print-based culture to a digital-based culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, you know, the research is that people are doing research on the changes in the brain with digital reading versus reading from print, but we're right, we're living through this. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes we don't know that, that we don't know that we're, potentially losing something uh, if we don't maintain our ability to read from print. No, I, I totally agree. And um, in, on kind of the other side of the coin there is the loss of the great storytellers, the great bards that used to tell our great stories. And we lost our capacity to sit and listen and be attentive for long periods of time. And that was over the course of, you know, several centuries. But the fact is, is that we see that today. In fact, they, they talk about, you know, attention span is now less than seven seconds. And, and, and you know, so, you know, when people come and, and they'll be like, oh, you know, uh, I, I can't read for, you know, more than like two minutes. And then I like get distracted. That's a real common one when it comes to prayer, too. And there's a reason is because we have to, as you spoke about in your book, we have to exercise those muscles um, and to be able to, you know, and the reading and reading is a muscle of its own. It, it's incorporating a whole bunch of different muscles, but particularly as you talked about, you know, the moral imagination um, and being able to be present. Um, so one of the things uh, you speak about in, in your book and you beautifully talk about the benefits of reading and how it really can, uh, be a form of self-care and how, how many women out there aren't willing to take the time for themselves 
they'll take the time for every kid. They'll take the time for their spouse. They'll take the time for their parents, you know, friends, everyone, but not for themselves. And many times what will happen as you, you speak of is that we'll go and turn to TV or we'll turn to something, you know, that kind of seems to be filling us but it really is not. It's really, it's, it's kind of like junk food instead of real food, real nourishment. And um, so how is it that you might encourage someone who is saying, gee, I don't have the time. Um, how might you encourage them to be able to kind of reframe it so they can see that this is really almost as good, or I, I actually, I personally say it's better. It's like a massage for the mind. Um, so instead of massage for the body, go and get a massage for the mind. Um, how to encourage someone in when when they don't have time well that's that's the number one reason we give across the board i don't have time and so how do we find time to read when we don't have time because i think sometimes in our life we don't have time right mm -hmm. there have been times in my life when i did not have time to read uh due to personal sickness uh, one of my kids being sick or um, taking care of um, elderly parents, just all, there, there are seasons in life where, and we only have one rule. If you don't get the reading done, don't apologize. So mm -hmm. this is not to put a guilt trip on it. Every, every woman can succeed in, and, and success looks different because like you said, Christina, we have lost our ability to focus deeply. We've lost the ability to have discipline focused attention, but we can gain it back. It's just a work to get it back. Mm -hmm. So if we can be biliterate readers, in other words, digital readings here to stay, we're going to be on our computers. I think that's just part of our, our, the time we live in. Yet if we can maintain an ability to read from print, like 20 to 30 minutes a day, develop a reading practice or a reading habit, uh, every time I pick up a new novel for Well-Read Mom, we read, you know, if we follow the school year, September through actually June. Mm -hmm. But every time I start a new book, I start reading and I'm, you know, I get into it a couple pages and then I, I find myself stopping and looking up and thinking, I don't remember anything I just read. What mm -hmm. is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember it. I'm not comprehending. Is something wrong? And it's, it's funny because I am a reader. I do read from print daily and I have this experience. And so I think being online, we, we read in a way where we're skimming and we're trying to read quickly for information mm -hmm. and reading from print, reading a novel, you have to slow down. Mm -hmm. You have to receive it's, it's, it, it models or it mimics um, prayer in, in a sense, because you, you, you have to surrender to the text, slow down, read slowly. I teach women in our group how to mark, how to mark a book, how to make it your own, how to, um, it's a form of leisure, a form of um, receiving. And anyway, let's see, where am I going with this? I'm not sure. That's okay. Um, it, I mean, you brought up uh, leisure. Um, and actually, you know, one of the great books um, that, uh, and it's a short one, so this might actually be a great one if you guys have not done all, uh, uh, I didn't look at the, your full list, but Leisure by Joseph Pieper. Right, we did and it last year for our, our this year, the year of the family for our beginning 
-hmm. we used, uh, we recommended Leisure, the Basis of Culture. In fact, that book was instrumental in starting Warren Mom because mm -hmm. I was reading Pope John Paul's letter to women. Mm -hmm. And he thanked women in their various capacities. Thank you, women who are mothers. Thank you, women who work. Thank you, women who are sisters and daughters. And so he was thanking women for their various capacities. And later in that document or that letter, he talks about, uh, he, he sort of issues a call to women. He said, women will help solve the serious problems of the future. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to list those serious problems of the future. And I thought, well, certainly I'm thinking about those serious problems of the future. Like you can imagine the serious problems we have in our culture. And so what surprised me was the serious problems he listed, number one and number two. And the first serious problem that women would help solve was leisure time. Mm -hmm. And the second one was quality of life. And I was so confused by this because I thought it would be more the social issues like um, mm -hmm. helping our society be more pro-life, but instead it was leisure time. And I thought, leisure time, like what does this have to, how is this even a problem? Right. And at that time in my life, I saw leisure as entertainment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I didn't understand how, what, what this word leisure meant. And then my son came home from college and he was, he was in the Catholic studies program in at St. Thomas. And, and he came yeah. home with this book called Leisure Basis of Culture. And he brought his books home, you know, after the school year ended, he plops them down on the counter and goes, oh, mom, here's one you should read. Right. And I looked at it, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Mm -hmm. There's that word that Pope John Paul used. And Peeper in this book is calling it the basis of culture. Mm -hmm. So in reading that book, I came to understand that Leisure is not the same as entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's where it's a, it's, it's where we grow in our humanity. It's like, like going to uh, mass is a form of leisure, right? right. Worship is a form of leisure. Mm -hmm. So anyway, in fact, it's the highest form of leisure, the um, highest form. And, uh, you know, so, um, and, and so for everyone who's listening, it's only 67 pages. So it, it's something that it, it's a doable. And actually, if you got if you got to cut out something, cut out chapter four, you know, because uh, he's talking, uh, you know, economic, you know, uh, situations, but um, absolutely brilliant. And when you think about the fact that he wrote it in 1947, you know, right after World War Two and just the desperate need that we had as an entire world to recapture our understanding of what leisure is. Um, and uh, but to slow down and receive is such a beautiful, uh, beautiful way to, to look at that. Um, one of the things that you talk about is a benefit. And for me, I think this is the key um, for being able to really unlock all benefits of, of reading. And you, you call it uh, to preserve the access code. And you um, how about you go ahead and describe what you were trying to explain there? Yes, what was I trying to explain? Uh, I think, I, I think yeah. it's about deep reading. So digital, digital reading, right? We're scanning and skimming and we have so much information coming at us all the time now on limitless information. Um, but 
there's this ability, there is a, reading is a learned skill. And you move from learning to read and decode words to sounding out words to moving on the spectrum of fluency. But fluency isn't the end of it. You can be a fluent reader, but there's another stage and it's called deep reading. And maybe you've experienced this because when you're deep reading, you, you get lost in the text. Do you ever, you know, you're so into the story and you're imagining your imagination, you're, you're right there, you can see it, you can, and you just get lost, you get in a zone where you're so into what, what you're reading. And when you're in that zone or that um, experience of really being absorbed there, you're probably deep reading. Mm -hmm. And when you're deep reading, um, certain areas of your brain, if, if light up, you know, if they, if they did some kind of scan of it, 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 deep reading accesses a certain part of the brain where we have the ability to analyze, where we have the ability to think, where we have the ability to draw out a memory. And we, we have, as we read and we're deep reading, we're able to see ourselves, we're able to see another person's situation, our perspective widens. Mm -hmm. And so reading literature really helps us grow in empathy. Like we can have a, a narrow perspective just because each of us lives our own life, but to, to grow in understanding other people's perspectives, sort of to walk in other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's natural that it would increase our empathy, but that's coming out of a certain area of the brain that doesn't light up uh, when people on brain scans, when people are reading online. Mm -hmm. And the re one of the reasons I think, and, and there's research out there on this, I don't have it right in front of me, but when we're reading online and we have all these links that we can click on, so mm -hmm. you're reading along and some of the text is in blue to click on. Every time you come to one of those, you have to stop and think to click or not to click. And right. just even though if it's very quick, just that momentary um, decision you have to make mm -hmm. keeps you in the prefrontal lobe mm -hmm. area of your brain. So you, you don't, you're not able to access that, that part of the brain that we're able to access you know, just from a book. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and what you're what, what you're speaking of is all of that human, you know, piece of the puzzle of what science now calls getting in flow, um, and flow states. And um, you know, so when you're completely, you know, in the present moment, um, and you're you're deeply engaged, and you lose that track of time, we're we're in flow. And any time that we're distracted in any way, like you know, it's a different color um, in, you know, do I have to do something? Um, it, it takes us out of that uh, ability. But, you know, as you were saying, it broadens our perspective. And then the other point that you had made about is it then gives us the key to access all of Western civilization um, because yes. we're open to it. Right. So if we lose our ability to deep breathe, if we lose this ability to access that part of our brain or, or continue to develop it, mm -hmm. uh, or perhaps never have developed it, maybe reach fluency, but never reach this level of reading where we're deep reading, mm -hmm. um, you, you can read St. Augustine, but you don't understand St. Augustine. Right. You're not mm -hmm. able to comprehend this treasure. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's a danger is that we, we need to keep reading and growing in this capacity to read so that we can access the treasure mm-hmm. that we have. Uh, so, so true. And you speak beautifully about that in your book, you know, talking about how books really can help us, you know, gain wisdom, you know, and also increasing our capacity to wonder um, and that path to virtue. And, and that's where I speak to people all the time about, you know, and I call it spiritual reading, but what you're doing, you know, um, and having in, in focusing upon a spiritual classic, um, that is that spiritual reading, but those things that will help us inform us, form us, so inform us so we can be formed, um, you know, especially to be able to pursue that life of virtue, you know, are those things that then become transformative in our lives. Um, and so um, just kind of, you know, uh, wh- what is your hope, you know, kind of moving forward for the Well-Wed Mom organization? And, and where, where might people be able to find out more? <laughs> well, my hope is just that we continue to grow and live the truth of our lives, grow in friendship. Um, we, we encourage women to get together, uh, not just follow online. You can do an online group, but we really encourage that you form a group in your living room, in your church, basement, mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the bookstore, at the coffee shop. Uh, that you meet together because uh, we want to grow in our humanity and, and face-to-face conversation is uh, some of the most humanizing. It's a humanizing experience to have share conversation and share life with others. So we encourage that getting together and books are a way to do that because you can, topics come up that uh, are surprising and we look at our life experience and share that. So we're not looking at, you don't have to be an English scholar. You don't have to know how to analyze and critique literary theory. It's just about, in it, you know, what I recognized was these, the, these books were written for ordinary people like me, not for some, not for the PhDs in literature. I mean, they, they can enjoy them too, but they're really written for everyday people mm-hmm. and about the journey of life. So uh, I don't have to understand everything. Uh, I was talking to one one mom from my group when we read St. Augustine's Confessions. Uh, she had just had a new baby. And so she came in apologizing because she had only read, you know, a couple chapters. And I said, no, for don't apologize. And then she she recognized, wow, reading, reading a couple chapters of St. Augustine's better than not reading any. Mm-hmm. It was I learned something from these chapters I read. And so reading some is better than not reading at all. So I had another woman uh, in a group who she started, she was, she said, I'm not a reader. I'm really intimidated uh, to do this, but I'm going to give it a try. She, she'd read about a chapter from each book, and, but she couldn't finish a book until two years had gone by. And she finished her first book in, in the month. Mm-hmm. Um, now, was she a failure because she could only read a chapter month by month? No, she was experiencing success and her success looks different from someone else's. But because she stayed with it, uh, she five years later can say, I'm a reader. Mm, how beautiful um, and how rewarding uh, to be able to have shared that journey with her as well. Uh, so beautiful. Thank you for that sharing. How do you think um, your work 
has helped uh, you on your journey towards becoming a saint? Oh, well, it's shown me that I need the Lord every single minute, which is good. Go. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I, I am literally not the person to be doing this. Um, I'm not good at technology. I, I only, I need so much help. I have a huge desire, but need help every step of the way, but really people come, the Lord has provided. So mm -hmm. I'm, I just, my, my, what, what I would love to see is that women grow in their ability to um, read and then pass this on to their children that our homes uh, might be, might have an environment, help create a culture, a whole, uh, an environment in the home where really with our children uh, and grandchildren in a way where we're present to them mm. and it's a human place where really little people and everyone can can thrive and i think reading books is part of that cre creating that culture i just talked to a, a new a mom just two days ago she came up to me and she said this is my first year in walrid bomb and can i tell you about it i said okay tell me yes tell me right. how has it been and she said well, I just wanted to tell you, I didn't, under, I didn't understand that every night I was watching TV before this. And she said, now I'm reading a chapter or two and I notice that I'm a lot more peaceful. Uh -huh. She said, and I never understood that just watching a TV, she said, I just don't understand that I'm really more peaceful and it's pleasurable. I didn't understand that it would be, I'm looking, I look forward to it. Like there's a whole world inside these books I can't wait to get back to. And she said, my, my little girl in the morning, she's two years old, little Margaret brings me the book in the morning and then gets into bed with me with her picture books. Mm -hmm. And she says, mama, here's your book. And I said, do you think they're happy to see you reading books instead of being on a screen? She goes, absolutely. They yeah. love that, you know, to see mommy with a book. So I thought that was, that was encouraging. Oh, that, that is absolutely beautiful. And what an encouragement for anyone who might be listening today who hasn't started their habit or doesn't have the practice of reading um, and being able to know that it does make a difference, um, especially in our, in our personal life, but then also within our families. And so thank you for that encouragement. So I, I'm going to give you a, a, a just a little fun question. Uh, so if you were stranded on a desert island, what are the three things that you would want to have with you? Oh, boy. <laughs> desert island. Well, my, my, can it be my husband? <laughs> so it has to be, it have to be things that can't be a person, huh? No, that's okay. I would bring my Bible. Okay. Um, and sure. probably two more books. I don't know. I, I could do without probably do without shampoo that won't last long uh, <laughs> you know there are those books you can go back to again and again and again and yeah and they just don't they they help every time mm -hmm. that they do those Learn books that grow with you um and uh you're different but it seems like they have grown just as you have um and uh, absolutely beautiful so one final piece uh so if you could go back in time and share one piece of advice with your 18 year old self what would it be wow uh 
go back in time. Um, hmm, what have I learned? <laughs> um, well, I think I, I know more now that I'm loved. Um, I don't have to, I can accept that more, even, even with my mistakes and, and sin and, and that, that, uh, I understand more. Well, it's another story, Christina, mm -hmm. but I left the church and, and I came back to the church, uh, through reading, through reading, mm -hmm. uh, think that was a big part of it, reading the early church fathers, Mm -hmm. but yeah when I was 18 I thought I knew everything mm -hmm. and um I'm grateful for the Lord's mercy in in helping me come back to the church well I'm, I'm glad that you did because uh the early church fathers helped bring me to the church um, oh really and uh, so uh that they, they uh they've had an impact for sure um but Gosh, I can't believe that our time together has already has already passed. Uh, it has been such a joy uh, getting to know you, and then also being able to share about the wonderful work that you're doing with Well Read Mom, um, and your book also the same title, The Well Read Mom. And uh, I believe that the website that people can go to is wellreadmom.com. Did I get that right? Right. Okay, um, and I will put that in the show notes for anybody who is listening out there, um, but make sure that you go and check it out. And, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I encourage people to do, uh, as I said before, is to read um, and to pick up a, a great work. And you're doing that. You're giving people the opportunity and the environment in which they can do that and find success in whatever way it is. So thank you for that. Um, I, I'm so glad that, that you said yes to that call um to uh help stand up well-read mom and for all the people that you've touched so any final words or or anything uh that you'd like to share with people no i'm i got a cold right now i'm, I'm gonna cough so <laughs> hanging in there to not so far well you've done it's great joy oh uh, it, it it has been indeed and for everyone out there know of my continued prayers that you continue to do whatever it takes so that together we may tell the master of death not today. Have a blessed day, everyone. So what might be some practical resolutions that you could take from the conversation that Marcy and I had today? Well, one of the first ones, of course, is, and we talked about this book, if you have not read Leisure, The Basis of Culture by Joseph Pieper, go do it. And Peeper is spelled P-I-E-P-E-R. And it's going to be life-changing um, and eye-opening for you. And it's a very, very short read, but it really turns our, our understanding of what we should be about, with, especially with our leisure time, on its head in regards to what culture tells us we should be about. So go and read Leisure. The other is go and check out the Well-Read Mom uh, at wellreadmom.com and see whether or not there's not a group within your area that you might be able to uh, jump into and participate in. And then that would be the third suggestion for you, which is if there isn't a group or even if there is, consider creating a group of your own. 
and use the suggestions from Well-Read Mom for book suggestions, but really focus upon trying to create in your home a culture in which reading and deep conversation, meaningful conversations on things that truly matter. Really strive to do that, particularly this summer. Uh, turn off the devices and you know, really spend that time sharing stories because stories are life-changing. And uh, in fact, many of you might know that I actually did my master's degree on the power of story for living a life of authentic discipleship. And all of the studies, all of the research shows that when we allow story to truly be, you know, for us to immerse ourselves in it and for us to be in a culture in which story is valued and the sharing of our stories is honored, then it's absolutely empowering and life-changing. So those are my three suggestions for you. Go and read Joseph Pieper's Leisure. Go check out wellreadmom.com and perhaps join a well-read mom group or start one of your own. And third, really strive to create a culture in your home this summer in which reading and deep, meaningful conversations are able to happen. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons here, and I just wanted to let you know about the weekly YouTube live show that happens every Tuesday at noontime, central time. And I wanted to let you know about this and remind you of it because over the course of the summer, Holy Spirit's really put it on me to really dive deep into virtue and particularly the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary. There's a devotion that I have not been familiar with until recently, which is the chaplet to the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary. And what I thought would be kind of good would be for us to walk together learning about the evangelical virtues so that we ourselves are more capable, one, of virtue, two, of evangelizing, sharing the good news, and three, to be able to increase in our devotion to Mary. Why? So we can get closer to Jesus. So come and join me beginning May 31st. I'm going to start this series going throughout the summer on the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary on the weekly YouTube live show. And just because there's, quote, a topic that's going to be happening every week doesn't mean that you can't send me your questions or put on comments uh, that I can answer in the midst of this journey together to grow in virtue, to be able to evangelize, and also to grow in our devotion to Our Lady so we can come closer to Jesus. Hope you join me every Tuesday at noontime central. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes, or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at Christina Simmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.